0: Why would someone not tolerate methyl donors even if they need them? This is a clip from a live Q&A session open to CMJ Masterpass members. In addition to this episode, you can access lots of other free samples from these sessions at the first link in the description. And the last question comes from... Last, the second runner-up and the last of the prepared questions comes from Heidi N. Why would someone not tolerate methyl donors despite needing them as indicated by blood tests or having genetic SNPs and symptoms? Methyl donors such as methylfolate, methyl B12, choline cause tightness in my neck and other muscles, irritability, anxiousness, feeling weird, and sometimes headachey feelings. If would have low serum folate, high MCV, MCH, the PEMT SNP, and sometimes lower B12 So I want to take methyl donors to have more energy, better skin, and better cellular integrity. However, I even have problems with non-methylated B12 and B9, which is folate. I can't take 30 milligrams of folinic acid. Within one week, I get the same symptoms as above. My sleep gets disturbed, early waking, and mild pounding heart if I take a small piece of adeno B12 or hydroxy B12 tablets from seeking Health, I would summarize this question as, why do some people have negative effects from methylation supplements when they need methylation support? So my short answer to this is that some people take too high of a dose of these supplements and 30 milligrams of folinic acid is clearly in that category and that itself could be the problem. But more generally speaking, I believe that people who need methylation support and yet get negative effects from methylation support usually what's going on is they're having swings in their methylation up and down because of deficiencies of the nutrients needed to buffer excess methyl groups and to harvest the buffered methyl groups which is really all part of the process of buffering methyl groups and i've i've referred to that as the glycine buffer system but in this answer i'm going to go into it in a little bit more detail because the glycine buffer system is not just dependent on glycine it's also dependent on nutrients needed to use the glycine buffer system so if you have a if you have an incoming spike in methyl supply such as from a high dose of a methylated supplement or even just from a high methionine intake associated with a a high protein meal. Even if you generally need methyl support, you are going to have a spike higher than what you need over the course of the next hour or two in that moment. And so what you need to do is you need to buffer that extra supply of methyl groups with glycine And glycine gets methylated once to form sarcosine and gets methylated a second time to form dimethylglycine. And then these go to the mitochondria where the methyl groups can be taken off. So you take a methyl group off of dimethylglycine and you generate sarcosine. You take a methyl group off of sarcosine and you generate glycine. Now you take those methyl groups within the mitochondria and maybe you use them directly but more often than not what you're doing is you are forming formulated folate, which then in the cytosol, which is the main compartment of the cell where most methylation is taking place, you're going to take the formate and you're going to successively metabolize it down with mTHFD1 several times and then finally mTHFR to make to go from 10 formal folate to 510, methenyl tetrahydrofolate to 5,10-methylene tetrahydrofolate, finally to 5-methylfolate so that you then can use methylfolate and B12 together to recycle homocysteine to methionine to repeat the methylation process. So there's a lot of things going on here in the buffering of an excess methyl group to, to Ultimately be reused again in the form of methylfolate. So if we start with the original buffering by glycine, glycine and methyl transferase, its activity is induced by glucagon, which means it increases in the fasting state and it declines in the in the feeding state. However, the it's also stimulated by androgens. And so if you're going through a full fasting feeding cycle where you have a full decline in insulin and rising glucagon, uh, you're going to have more of this enzyme available. And it's stimulated by androgens. So if you have low testosterone or androgens in general, you might have low production of this enzyme. But the. But the general impact of this, but the general impact of this is that this and en- this enzyme will be switched off by methylfolate when methyl groups are in low supply, and it will be turned on by the lack of methylfolate when methyl groups are in high supply. The reason for this is, say, you eat. Now, we're not talking about supplements yet, so we're just talking about normal fasting feeding cycle. You have to go through the fasting state to get this enzyme produced, but it's basically produced for use in the fed state. And in the fed state, what happens is you have a lot of methionine. Say you made a steak, you have a lot of methionine from the steak. The SAMe or s adenosyl methionine that you produce from that will tell the body that you don't need MTHFR because if you have a lot of methyl groups incoming, you don't need to recycle homocysteine to methionine. You have methionine from the steak you ate. So you shut off MTHFR during the fed state because of the high amount of methyl groups. You also... Now because you shut off MTHFR, your methylfolate levels drop. The drop in methylfolate levels turns on glycine and methyltransferase. And um, oh, I, I also I forgot to mention, in addition to glucagon and androgens, vitamin A also stimulates this. Right. So you need to go through the fasting cycle. You need to have adequate androgens and you need adequate vitamin A to make this enzyme. But in the fed state, when you have lots of incoming methyl groups from a, from a protein-rich meal, your methylfolate levels drop because they're supposed to, and that's what switches on this enzyme to buffer the methyl groups. If you don't, so if you're missing glucagon in the fasting state, if you're missing adequate androgens, that's going to differ by male-female status, obviously, but in either you can have deficient androgens, and if you're missing vitamin A, you are not going to have the glycine buffer system buffer your methyl groups. So you'll have a period of excess methyl groups during the fed state. Now let's say that you do adequately buffer those methyl groups in the fasting state in order to reconstitute the the methylfolate levels, you need to harvest the methyl groups from the methylated glycine. So the first enzyme that you're going to do that with is dimethylglycine dehydrogenase And dimethylglycine dehydrogenase is dependent on riboflavin as FAD and folate as THF. That's tetrahydrofolate. That means that you need to have unmethylated folate, right? And if you're not supplementing, you should have unmethylated folate at the point where you need to harvest these methyl groups because the whole reason you, you turned on the, the glycine and methyl transferase in the, in the first place was because you shut off MTHFR. right? So you should have plenty of unmethylated folate. Riboflavin, unmethylated folate, and iron in the non heme form, so in the ionic um, iron form, are the cofactors that you need for dimethylglycine dehydrogenase. And then that will get converted to sarcosine after you harvest one methyl group. And then you'll need to use sarcosine dehydrogenase to harvest the final methyl group, reconstituting the original glycine, that again requires riboflavin and tetrahydrofolate, that's unmethylated folate, and again requires iron, right? So iron, riboflavin, and unmethylated folate are required to harvest the methyl groups from the methylated glycine, but the fasting state physiology androgens and vitamin A are needed to buffer uh, the methyl groups with glycine in the first place. So, if we put that together, what do you need for a working glycine buffer system? Well, you, <coughs> you need the glycine. You need to cycle fully through the fasting, the fed state, and the fasted state. You need androgens, vitamin A, riboflavin, unmethylated folate, and iron. Those are the things that that you need. So I believe that most people who have swings in methylation back and forth or who are harmed by methylation supplements when they need them are probably deficient in one of those six things. Now, to go back to Heidi's question for some of the specifics, she has low serum folate. That that is an indicator of low methyl folate. She has high MCV, that is um, an indicator of generally low non-methylated folate. But more specifically, that's that's deficient DNA duplication, and the DNA duplication is dependent on five ten methylene tetrahydrofolate. That's not the same as folinic acid, but folinic acid is probably the closest you can get to trying to replete that. You know, But if her methylfolate is low and her MCV is high, that might just indicate deficient folate across the board. I would want to look at the RBC folate because if the RBC folate is also low, then that would confirm that the problem isn't a deficiency in a specific form of folate, it's just a deficient folate across the board. In which case, it's probably not a matter of manipulating methylfolate versus folinic acid. It's probably just a matter of repleting the folate level. Sometimes lower B12. I would want to look at methylmalonic acid in the blood and the urine. I would want to look at the specific level of B12, B12 levels, um, you know, serum folate should generally be around 18 to 22, whereas the, the, the cutoff that the labs use is three, which is insane. Uh, b twelve should probably be above four hundred. The labs use usually use a lower cutoff than that. Um, but I don't think anyone should expect to be able to take thirty milligrams of folinic acid. that that level's insane. Uh, you know, one milligram is the is the upper limit set by the Institute of Medicine for folate supplementation. I'm not saying no one ever needs more than that, but in general, you shouldn't expect to need radically higher than one milligram. And it just shouldn't surprise you if taking 30 milligrams is causing a problem. So, um, so that's all I have to say of that. So, just to summarize, you know, if your if your serum folate, RBC folate, and is low and and MCV is high, you know, you you just deficient in folate. It's not about the form. If your B12 is low, you have to replete it. Um, but generally speaking. If you can't handle methylation supplements, I think you have a problem with the glycine buffer system. And what you want to look at is glycine itself, fasting, feeding, cycling, androgens, vitamin A, riboflavin, folate level in general, because of the need for unmethylated folate and iron levels. And look at all those comprehensively fix the ones that are off. If you fix your limiting factor, I believe that will help improve uh, this, the, the tolerance of methylated supplements. The one last thing I'd add is that I believe that some people experience adverse effects simply because they're calibrated to a very low level of methylfolate and they need to work their way slowly up. And what I recommend with that is a, a specific uh, liquid methylfolate from, uh, I'll pull it up, on Amazon here. So liquid methylfolate comes from holistic health methylfolate, 5-MTHF. It comes as a, a one drop is um, 78 micrograms. And if you can't tolerate one drop, you can mix it in 10 drops of an oil and mix it homogeneously so that one drop is 7.8 micrograms. Calibrate yourself to the low dose each week, increase the daily dose until you can tolerate it better. That would be my plan B if modifying those six things doesn't work out. This is a clip from a live Q&A session open to CMJ Masterpass members. In addition to this episode, you can access lots of other free samples from these sessions at the first link in the description. If you want to become a Masterpass member so that you can participate in the next live Q&A or so that you can have access to the complete recording and transcript of each Q&A session, you can join at chrismasterjohnphd.com masterpass. You can save 10% off the subscription price for as long as you remain a member by signing up at chrismasterjohnphd.substack.com Q and A spelled out as Q A N D A. These links are in the description.